0: Hey there everybody, welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark Podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that wants to shoot everybody with a camera, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon?
1: <laughs> Lizzie McGuire.
0: <laughs> Making some Lizzie McGuire memories? Yeah. How you doing, uh, Cortland? I'm doing fine. I'm doing pretty alright. I'm kind of tired. But that's like an everyday thing, so you know, not even worth yes. talking about.
1: That's just part of getting old
0: uh i know about to get older here man less than a week i'm gonna be a 31 year old man oh disgusting i know we should cut our friendship now
1: (laughs) all right i can't be friends with 31 year old i don't
0: know it's better to just let it go now instead of just like you know you know and like you got a dog that's gotta go but you just let it live for a little longer because you just hope it doesn't die you're just too
1: afraid yeah. Too afraid to part, and you just don't want to go through with all the trouble of
0: <laughs> shooting
1: <Yeah>. it <laughs> with R- the camera.
0: <laughs> yeah, just let me go, Brandon. All right. <sighs> and then so when yeah. you turn thirty-one, we can reconnect.
1: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense.
0: It does. It does in the grand scheme of things.
1: So have a <sighs> couple months where I hate you and don't want anything to do with you.
0: Yeah, and then we'll, we'll be, be like best teenage friends. girls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So, I haven't talked to you in a little while. How you doing? Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, it was nice and hot. Um, Aren't there still, like, burning fires and stuff in Australia?
1: Yep, we're still on fire.
0: Uh, Guy Fieri didn't come and take you guys to Flavortown?
1: (laughs) Not enough. Oh, Need more flavor here, Guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Guy. He probably put a beetroot on that fucking burger and was like, there you go, nice and wet, just like y'all like it.
1: Now, Emeril. Emerald could come and bam this place into shape. <laughs> Is he still around? What does he do?
0: I'm sure he's bamming stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you sure he's still
0: bamming on the side here and there? Like I, I'm pretty sure I seen him in an infomercial. <laughs> For what? Uh, probably some sort of food device, <laughs> like a pie maker or something. Yeah, I'm I don't not know.
1: surprised it's related to food. <laughs>
0: I mean, it should be.
1: It's just like, hey, here's Flex Tape. Bam!
0: (laughs) He's on, like, a Maury-style show, like, bam, you're not the father. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So my wife got me this awesome up-all-night mug that is really cool. I sent you some pictures of it, and I actually posted it on Instagram.
1: It is nice.
0: I love it. I'm going to drink out of it. It is
1: weird to see my face
0: on things i know right there's people walking around that have our faces on their t-shirts like right i'm now.
1: not even comfortable looking in a mirror and seeing my face on me
0: <laughs> well at least it's like an animated doc- drawing version of your face yeah so it's bearable should should
1: have gave myself uh some nicer cheekbones
0: <laughs> yeah my the Maybe only part i like chin. about the cup is just that your face is on there and i'm like oh, <laughs> half of this is great
1: just drinking out of my skull
0: <laughs> yeah my brother he did i tell you my brother bought me shack Fu for the switch no yeah i remember you sent me a picture a couple like two years ago that shack Fu was like 70 dollars or something yeah my brother told me he got it for like 3.99 shipped for free
1: <laughs> have you played it yet
0: Yeah, I played it yesterday. Pretty sure the first boss was Donald Trump in it. Oh, okay. It takes itself not seriously whatsoever. (gasps) Really? Shaq Fu? (sighs) Yeah, like, his power-up is an Icy Hot. (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous.
1: Alright, is there any uh, Kazam references? Not yet. right. well...
0: Don't you mean Shazam?
1: All right, let me uh, restart this. Oh, wait, no, it is Kazam.
0: Is it? Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay, never mind. Shazam is the movie that people think exists with Sinbad, but it doesn't, and they're stupid.
0: No. no. When people told me that they had memories of a Sinbad version of where he was a genie, I was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. It didn't exist.
1: That whole thing, I'm just not a fan of.
0: No, oh, I mean the whole Bernstein Bears versus Bernstein. Like, I get that one. That's weird.
1: It's weird, but you know what? Memories are weird.
0: Yeah, they are. And I just
1: don't like the idea that there's human beings that can't stand the idea of being wrong so much that they decide that they must be in a different dimension.
0: <laughs> They're like, Th- like, I that. can't be
1: wrong. I can't be wrong. I must have slipped into a wormhole. Yeah, I cannot be wrong.
0: That's that's very illogical, yeah. I went into a different dimension. Everybody <laughs> else is wrong.
1: Yes. Another dimension where the only thing that has changed is the text on this cereal box.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What were the other things? Nelson Mandela, because, I mean, it's in the Mandela effect, and then Parenstein yeah. Bears. There's a whole and...
1: thing. I've seen a lot of them.
0: Okay, well i don't want to talk about it anymore because it's really stupid
1: yes and we're losing listeners by the second
0: <laughs> we sure are i'm probably gonna all the to one NL. all
1: the <laughs> ones from all these different dimensions are like well fuck you <laughs> I don't think my dimension exists <laughs> <laughs> fucking bobcat
0: no that's the bobcat dimension man <laughs> you yeah. think
1: my dimension exists
0: <laughs> yeah, i'll show you i know this are this is
1: the dimension. <laughs> oh, oh man! I mean, he okay. really did have his own little dimension in that episode.
0: Oh man, I'd be okay with going to the Bobcat Dimension just taking a little quick visit. Hey, this is my pizza pad. Which is my pizza? Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: what were we talking about?
0: Uh, Christmas. <laughs>
1: Right. All of her conversations about Christmas and with Bobcat holding a pizza paddle. I don't know why.
0: It has for years. I don't know, man.
1: (laughs) It's always been that way in
0: our dimension. The beginning of... (laughs) So anyway, uh... (laughs) well, do you want to get into this episode?
1: (laughs) I suppose we should at some point.
0: So Brandon and I just got done watching the Tale of the Dream Girl. What did you think of this one, Brandon?
1: I liked it a lot.
0: Oh man, I did too.
1: It's like a remake of an episode I already liked, but better.
0: Did you feel like it was a remake of The Prom Queen? Yes. Yeah, it was a lot better. Like, not that Prom Queen queen wasn't good, but yeah, it's a lot better.
1: I think it nailed the twist a lot better.
0: So good. Um, A lot of people, I don't think that this is real, but a lot of people say that this episode inspired The Sixth Sense. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah, I read it all the time online, and I'm, like, 100% sure that's not true.
1: (laughs) All the time? That's What crowds are you running in?
0: People talk about this episode all the time. And I can see why, because it's really good, but...
1: Yeah, I can see why someone would make that connection.
0: Yeah, it's very Sixth Sense-esque, but this did not inspire M. Night Shyamalan.
1: No, the only thing that inspired M. Night Shyamalan is Alfred Hitchcock.
0: Well, anyway, (laughs) the Tale of the Dream Girl, I liked it. Very good. A lot of fun. Yeah. Well, let's jump into this shit. So the episode starts with Tucker and Kiki. They're having a contest of strength with their arm wrestling, and they're doing it on this log that I've never seen before, and I probably will never see again.
1: No, it was specifically brought in for arm wrestling. It's the arm wrestling log.
0: Yeah, arm wrestling And they don't
1: arm wrestle that much, so they don't need it. It's like this hollowed out log Put it into storage that they have in the woods
0: Yeah, they just roll it over to an unlit part of the forest
1: There is no unlit part of that forest
0: (laughs) They move it behind a tree (laughs) Alright Well, Tucker's giving it everything he's got And Kiki's just like as cool as a cucumber He's telling Kiki he's got her It's almost over and then we cut over to Gary and Frank, who are sitting down against a tree. And Gary tells them, man, this is pitiful. And then from the pathway walks Betty Ann and Sam. And Betty Ann's like, hey, guys. And we cut back over to Tucker and Kiki. And Kiki says, hey, hi. And then she slams Tucker's hand down. And then he Tucker starts bitching, saying, well, oh, I was distracted. Mm-hmm. And Frank's like, yeah, right. And Tucker says, I was. And he looks at Kiki and says, let's go again, you and me. Come on. And Kiki starts getting up, saying, forget it, Pee-wee. And Tucker tells her, hey, I could beat you anytime, place. Let me at him. Let me at him.
1: You can't dude. say, I can beat you anytime, place if you just got beat.
0: You clearly you well, got can. distracted, Brandon. Where were you? Were no, you distracted? No, didn't. Betty Ann is a very distracting force of nature, okay?
1: She is quite a distraction. But he <laughs> lost. Okay? He wasn't going to win kiki's got a fucking rock solid arm i don't think any of them could take her on honestly
0: we cut over to betty ann who asks what's going on and then over to frank and gary and frank tells the girls that tucker's mad because kiki called him a runt we cut over to kiki who apologizes to tucker and tucker doesn't accept that apology and he says you're just scared because i'm gonna beat you and then kiki gets sarcastic with saying yeah that must be it i'm scared
1: does he really get that upset about being called a runt? Like they call him pip squeak and short stuff and tiny and stuff all the time.
0: He is also the runt of this group of people. So,
1: he is quite literally a very tiny little human being. He's so little. <laughs> he's lucky to even be hanging out with these cool older teens.
0: Yeah, he truly is.
1: Just keep your mouth shut. Tell Enjoy your, phone your little stories, fucking
0: stories. You're probably not going to get another one this season, so just sit down and enjoy. But he doesn't.
1: No, it's just not how Scrappy rolls.
0: We cut over to Gary, who stands up saying, Speaking of scared, you're up tonight, Sam. You ready? And she's like, sure. And the kids all gather around the campfire as Sam gives her little intro to the episode. Sam tells us that she's got a story about something incredibly horrifying.
1: Yeah, that's why we're here, Sam.
0: (laughs) Everything is incredibly horrifying. (laughs) Except for that one tale, The Hungry Hounds Mm. Yeah
1: I've got a story that's about something incredibly boring
0: (laughs) She says it's not monsters or demons or any of the usual scary stuff It's about something that could strike any one of us at any time It's always when you least expect it And I thought she was going to say death (laughs) I was like, oh, this is going to get dark
1: I mean, death is pretty scary
0: yeah, it's also prevalent in this story, but Gary asks what it is, and Sam tells us that it's true love.
1: <sighs> Spooky stuff.
0: Uh, this is almost as scary as first the First telephone. telephones,
1: now love. <laughs> I can't handle this shit. I'm out of here.
0: Kiki and Tucker give a little giggle, and Sam says, come on, who says true love isn't scary? It can really hurt sometimes. Love is what people live for, and in my story... It's sort of what they die for.
1: Whoa. I know. It's not though in the story.
0: Mm-hmm. They, she fell in love with a ring. I don't know. The kids all look intrigued, <laughs> and Sam says submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story,
1: "The Tale of the Dream Girl."
0: The episode opens with some kid and like a worker onesie, <laughs> like like a mechanic it's a romper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's playing some bowling. He throws his ball down the lane as we get Sam's voiceover telling us that Johnny and Erica were brother and sister, and they were really close.
1: Really close.
0: Super close.
1: Like, way too close.
0: <laughs> the guy then gets a strike, and he celebrates, and some girl walks over to him and tells him, Come on, it's quarter after, and I've got a ton of homework. we got to close up. And he tells the girl he just finished lubing the pin setter, and he has to make sure it doesn't crash on him. She tells him, yeah, right, you're just playing. And the guy winds up for another throw, or whatever the bowling term is. Would it just be throw? Bowl? I guess so. I don't know. We get some more Sam voiceover telling us that the two siblings even worked at the same place, the bowl Rama lanes. And while she's telling us, we get this like fun shot of the camera rolling down the lane and into the pins. And then we get he gets another strike. We get a close-up of the kids, The first thing I noticed was that the casting job was great, because I thought that they actually looked like brother and sister. the actors themselves. Yeah, they really do. But Johnny is played by a guy named Fab Filippo, who was in a lot of things, but nothing I really noticed, aside from a small role in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The show, not the movie. Mm -hmm. He's currently on a show called Save Me, but I don't know anything about it, but it's from this year, so good job. Still working. Yeah. Erica is played by Andrea Nemeth whose most recent acting job was Heather in Scary Movie. So, she hasn't been in much.
1: It's like 20 years ago?
0: Yeah, almost, yep. 2000 is when Scary Movie came out. (sighs) Yeah. She was also in The Odyssey. Remember that garbage? I'm sorry, it's not garbage, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
1: the hot garbage.
0: Yeah, I've seen it so many times that I just never want to see it again. And she was also The Babysitter... And look who's talking now! Ooh,
1: that's my favorite "Look Who's Talking" movie.
0: That's not the one with Roseanne Barr, right? No,
1: that's the dogs.
0: Oh god. Okay.
1: Danny DeVito as rocks.
0: So hey. So this is the one where they leave like that baby in in the apartment fire. Is that what they did? No. Is that the first one?
1: I don't remember. whatever you're testing my look who's talking knowledge
0: anyway back to the episode johnny tells her that he's perfect as usual since he just got that strike and erica's like yeah and modest too and he gets up and he says hey did i ever tell you that you're my favorite sister and erica laughs and says i'm your only sister
1: did you get a weird vibe from these two
0: that they love each other
1: i think they love each other
0: I thought it as was as the episode endearing.
1: goes on, not so much. But in the beginning, like the first couple of scenes, they had they had a vibe.
0: Well, maybe they. I don't know. Johnny is. Um, I mean, he's not ugly. <laughs> I don't know what to say about. Him. He's got weird hair. <laughs> I don't know. Johnny's hot. Just say it. Johnny's a smoking babe. Johnny's
1: fucking hot.
0: He's 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 good looking. <laughs> No,
1: um he he looks like a he looks like a gracer.
0: He does. This whole episode's kind of He looks like 50s he's vibe. right
1: out of grease.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. And I think Erica she kinda looked like Betty Ann to me a little bit, but she's oh, cute. She too.
1: did. That's what I was gonna say. I don't think it's a coincidence yeah. that Sam made her character look like her best friend.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're these are not ugly teenagers. And also they're probably like 17? 16, 17, probably.
1: Well, later on you find out that Johnny's 16.
0: Oh. Who knows about Erica? Uh, She's probably like 15 or something. I don't know. Alright, we can uh,
1: stop commenting on the attractiveness of these teenagers.
0: <laughs> they're, probably, they're two of my, I think, favorite protagonists so far, though. I like them.
1: Yeah, no complaints. And other than the creepy, uh, loving vibe, like, it's a good sibling relationship
0: it is yeah so we get sam sam's voiceover telling us that erica was a waitress and johnny was the repair guy at the ballarama and we see johnny he's he's in the back room he's opening up his locker he puts something in it and then he grabs something else out of the locker because it's making some weird noise or whatever um at this point i didn't know what it was i thought it was like a pebble or something but erica walks up behind him asking him if he's ready to go he says yeah yeah uh did you put this in here and then we get a close-up of it, and it's a ring with this ugly blue stone in it.
1: Yeah, it's hideous.
0: It is, yeah. That's not really the right way. It's not It's not a stone in there. It's like it's painted. Like an oval is painted on there. It's really cheap looking.
1: It's like something you'd get out of a cereal box.
0: Yeah, or like one of those 25-cent like pop thing that you play with in Shenmue.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> the capsule machines
0: from Shenmue. Yeah. Brandon and I... <laughs> We used to spend a lot of time. How many fucking
1: hours did we spend buying sodas and little trinkets in Shenmu and playing goddamn darts?
0: (laughs) I don't know. And Space Harrier.
1: (laughs) Too much
0: some would say not enough
1: we didn't like progress the story at all no we were just like oh we'd wake up get our allowance from our grandma or whatever and go spend it all on little motorcycle toys and hot dog toys
0: (laughs) the game's the best Uh, i think shenmue 3's out now
1: all right time for a youtube playthrough shenmue
0: We got to beat Shenmue one. We never got past like the warehouse we're gonna part.
1: Do, we're gonna do all three of them. Oh, okay, all right.
0: Well, you know what? I've been streaming with our private island account on Twitch, so we can just go there.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Let's Back do to the it. story.
0: <laughs> yes. Erica tells him that she didn't put that ring in there, and that it's a girl's ring. And Johnny tries to take it off because at this point he's put it on his finger. And he tries to take it off, but it looks like it's stuck. And Erica laughs at him and says, now you can go steady with yourself. <laughs> and the kids walk away, and the scene changes. Is it steady or study?
1: Uh, steady. I haven't like, thought it was steady. Going steady. steady.
0: Okay. I don't know what that means. It's very 50s, but whatever. No kid says it, that today. It
1: means being Facebook official.
0: Oh, yeah, you got to put it in millennial terms so I understand.
1: Do people even say that, or is it now, like, TikTok true, or some bullshit?
0: (laughs) Oh, Brandon, you're embarrassing me in front of all my (laughs) friends.
1: (laughs) It's Fortnite fantastic.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh. I don't know, ask your kids. (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't blame you. We're now in a living room of sorts. Johnny's still trying to get the ring off, and he goes to sit down on the couch next to Erica, who's studying... With her head down. This is my favorite part of the episode. He fucking sits on her head a little
1: (laughs) Yeah, he does.
0: I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. It made me laugh out loud. I showed Kim. I was like, look at this shit. She's like, did he just sit on her head? And I was like, yeah.
1: It would make more sense if it was the opposite. And she sat on his head. And then she was like, oh, didn't see you there.
0: Yes. But that's not what happens. No, he sits on her. <laughs> he sits on her head, and she screams, Johnny! It
1: can't have hurt that bad.
0: He fix- She has to fix her hair from his ass attack, and he <laughs> apologizes. And Erica, he's still, like, fiddling with that ring, so Erica's like, did you try soap? And Johnny tells her that he's tried everything except for cutting his finger off. And then out of nowhere, a woman in a robe pops around the corner and tells the kids that it's bedtime since they have school tomorrow. So, Erica tries to protest, saying she still has some more work or something to do, but mom is not taking any of that shit. I still got Erica. Please don't argue. It's late. And Johnny tells his mom goodnight, but (laughs) mom just ignores his ass and she walks away. And Johnny wonders aloud what her problem is. And Erica says, Oh, she's got a lot on her mind. Johnny's like, Yeah, I guess so. Erica asks if Johnny's going to bed, but he says, Nah, I'm going to do some channel surfing. Get the light, will ya? And she tells him good night, and then we watch Johnny watch some TV. Mom
1: said, "Go to bed, Johnny. Go to bed." Yeah, Johnny. Said it right to your face. That's why she fucking ignores you. She <laughs> so don't listen. Such a little rascal. I know. What a knucklehead.
0: <laughs> some time passes, and Johnny is just passed out on the floor. His TV, for some reason, has just gone to static, and we hear some voice call out to him, asking him where he is. And we look over at Johnny, who's sleeping in the most uncomfortable-looking position I've ever seen. He is sitting on the floor, his head is lulled back onto the couch cushion. What the fuck, Johnny?
1: He just, like, melted.
0: He's gonna have such neck problems when he wakes up. Oh, I just, I hate it. (laughs) The voice is like, oh, there you are. And then we see this girl that has a a football varsity coat on. She's got long hair. She walks in. She walks over to Johnny. She's telling him to wake up. The screen does this weird flashing effect as the girl gets closer and closer. And then she smooches him, which zaps Johnny awake. And, of course, the girl isn't there anymore. Johnny looks around a little, and then he laughs at himself. And he tries to get the ring off his finger some more. And then he lays back down and turns the TV off. I don't know how to describe the like lighting effect that happened. It was weird. Like they like they took a flashlight. I'm sure we will, because we can just alter the smooch into like a house explosion or something. But we switched scenes and now we're at like a lunch room or something. It ends up being the food area of this bowling alley that they at. the cafeteria. Yeah. This incredibly fat man is there he's asking Erica for a cola because she's the waitress. And he tells her he's living a charmed life because he just closed out another month without having to hire another maintenance guy. We haven't had a breakdown in four months. And the longer this goes on without having to hire somebody, the better the book looks and the better he looks. And he says, life is sweet. Um, I don't like this man at all. He tells Erica thanks and he grabs his cola and he walks away. And then we look at Johnny for a moment who gets up and he sits on the booth saying, Yeah, thanks to me. And Erica asks him what he's doing here. And he says, What? Why can't I come out here? And Erica stutters out from a moment saying, Uh, he'll pitch a fit if you get grease in everything. And Johnny tells him, good. good. At least he will know I'm around. Who does he think keeps this place running anyway? And Erica tells him not to worry about it. But he says, Erica, I can't do it all myself. I swear, if, if he doesn't... And then he stops because he's turned around to look at something... And Erica asks what's up and he tells her, okay, swear not to laugh if I tell you something. So Erica swears and Johnny tells her that he's been having these really weird dreams lately about this beautiful girl with long hair and amazing eyes. And Erica tells him, yeah, so you and every other guy and Johnny's like, yeah, but it's so real. You know, I've never seen her before and I can't stop thinking about her. And then he points over and says that she looks a lot like that girl over there we cut over to erica who says cheryl lightheart and johnny says yeah i know it's stupid but maybe this dream is some kind of sign it could be fate and erica screams out johnny wait but johnny goes over to talk to cheryl and we cut over to that fat guy from before who ushers aside one of his employees <laughs> so he's the fat guy is asking what's the matter to this group of three girls cheryl's in the middle and one of the girls pushes up her bowling shoes and and she says, I said a size six, not a size nine. <laughs> what are your eyes upside down or something? <laughs> <laughs> That's, pretty good.
1: That's pretty good. I'll give it to her.
0: Sure. Yeah. The guy takes the shoes and from behind Cheryl walks Johnny who says, hi, Cheryl. Uh, you don't know me and I don't know how to say this, but, and Cheryl gets this disgusting look on her face. It's It's so funny.
1: Yeah. She's pretty.
0: She is disgusted. She's just
1: mortified. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And she slowly looks behind her, and she looks at Johnny. She laughs a little and turns to her friends and asks if anyone heard someone talking to her. And the girls say, I don't see anyone. Must be your imagination. And they laugh, and they walk away. And the fat manager dude, he says, must be nice being so perfect. And Johnny starts to try to defend these girls, but the fat guy just walks away. And we look over at Erica, who looks disappointed, and it reminded me of Mariah from The Tale of the Dark Dragon.
1: (laughs) Uh, She loves him, but she doesn't love him that much. She's not a stalker.
0: True, true, yes.
1: (laughs) So this whole Cheryl Whiteheart thing is just a big load of nothing.
0: It is, yeah. The
1: fact that she looks like the girl from his dreams just is nothing.
0: No, I'm pretty sure it's not the same girl either. No.
1: It's not the same girl. It's not It's not anything. It's not her sister. It's not anything.
0: It's just trying to, like, give you the... I don't know. It's trying to make the, the overall twist of this episode more impactful. Yeah, it's
1: I setting think. up, but it's nothing.
0: No, it's not. It doesn't come up again, I don't think. I don't think we hear the name Cheryl Lightheart again.
1: No, and good, because that's a really fake-sounding name.
0: It really is. We cut over to Johnny, and he's in the back room or whatever, the bowling alley. He's working on something. He feebly attempts to use a wrench on something in a vice grip or whatever, and then he gets upset, and he just throws the wrench down. And he sighs, and he walks over to his locker. He opens it up, and there's nothing inside at all. Johnny's like, what the? Where's my stuff? And then we hear the voice of a girl calling for Johnny, who starts looking around the room, and she says, it's me. It's Donna. And Johnny's like, who? It's Donna. (laughs) It's Donna. It's Johnny.
1: me, Donna. Donna? Ooh,
0: what? Oh. Oh, it's I Donna? said Donna.
1: <laughs> That's exactly. How can it
0: is. can you hear me? Johnny is the Donna? It's Donna.
1: Do you do you remember Donna? That's me. I'm Donna.
0: Johnny looks around in a whole bunch and he sees someone get a strike down the lane and then we see a girl pop out down the hallway behind the lane saying, "Johnny, it's me. It's Donna." <laughs> Uh, Johnny tells her not to move and then he runs to the front area where people are bowling.
1: (laughs) Yeah, people bowl.
0: He's like, don't move. And then he runs in the complete opposite direction with no, seemingly no intention of finding her because he walks around for a minute for some reason. And then Donna appears down another hallway and she's like, Johnny, come get me. (laughs) And then she stop moving. She just walks away after that. (laughs) Just stand there. (laughs) no (laughs) and Johnny starts chasing after her but he rounds the corner and we don't see her again so Johnny turns around and we get some PTSD shit where we look at this bowling ball going down the lane the music gets louder, the sound cuts a bit the ball hits the pins the bowl Lee starts celebrating and Johnny puts his hands over his ears and silently screams (laughs) he collects himself and then he walks down the hallway pretty intense i don't yeah. think you should work at a bowling alley if he's gonna get triggered by bowling
1: he's got some things going on i can't really blame him
0: i suppose but still <laughs> if the sound of a, a bowling ball hitting pins and then people celebrating their victories is gonna get to you you probably shouldn't hang around in a bowling alley
1: does a bowling ball going down an alley sound like a train coming down the tracks
0: well the problem was is that girl was like "Choo choo, motherfuckers <laughs>
1: She was like, Oh,
0: the board, I got a strike. <laughs> the sound of a bowling ball hitting bowling pins also sounds like a train hitting a car, so, you know.
1: <laughs> exactly like
0: it. <laughs> the scene changes. We're back at home. Mom's got on this sweatshirt that's about four sizes too big. She's sifting through her mail, complaining about how there's just a bunch of bills. What a surprise. She drops one of the letters on the ground. And she runs upstairs as Johnny, he's in the other room, he can see her. He's laying on the couch, he says, hey mom. And he gets up, he starts calling for her, but she is just running up those stairs. She wants to get the fuck out of there. He picks up the letter and it's for Johnny. So he reads it and he gets upset and he starts calling for Erica. And we cut over to Erica with a letter in her hands and she's reading it saying, roses are red, violets are blue, you know I'll never stop thinking of you. What a shitty poem. Love Donna Maitland.
1: (laughs) Seriously, Donna.
0: I think if I wrote this poem to my wife, she'd divorce me.
1: (laughs) When did the roses are red, violets are blue thing become just a total cliche? Because at Hmm. some point, someone wrote that, and that was like fucking just the bomb.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. I've never looked it up before, actually. I forget that roses are red, violets are blue or is a thing. Unless I'm on the boots too big um subreddit.
1: The roses are red, violets are blue is to poetry the way starting a rap with my name is blank and I'm here to say.
0: Yes. I it's agree. like just I wouldn't be surprised if that happens in an episode of Way for the Dark.
1: My name is Tucker and I'm here to say <laughs>
0: Erica asks where he got this letter, and Johnny tells her it's the girl from his dreams. And Erica continues reading, and it tells Johnny that she wants to meet him at, at the bowl around the snack bar at midnight. And then Erica informs us that that's after closing. So then she asks Johnny if he's going to go, and Johnny's like, I don't know. He guesses he should, but he's got a weird feeling about it. But he's like, Erica, you got to see this girl. She's beautiful. There's just something about her. She's gorgeous. I gotta find out who she is. So Erica hands him the letter and he smiles. Hey there everybody, Cortland here, your good buddy and your bowling alley's mechanic. Thank you so much for taking a listen to our show today. We always appreciate you tuning in and laughing with us every week. If you just can't get enough up all night, you should check out our Patreon. We release our episodes early there once we're done editing. We also have some bonus episodes available, such as Are You Afraid of the Dark book readings, and outtakes for our episodes. You can join at any tier today and you'll be sent an Up All Night sticker. We have three tiers available, each with their own rewards, so check out patreon.com privateisland and become a patron today. I'd like to thank our current patrons, the Golden Bostics, Bryce and Kathy, the Silver Goth Brett, and the Bronze Beth Angela. Thank you so much, everyone. Brandon and I greatly appreciate it. Brandon and I have a lot more content we share than just the podcast. If you're looking for more laughs, head over to our Instagram and give us a follow. That's at Private Island Presents. We create hilarious GIFs, memes, videos, character bios, and so much more. We have months and months of content, and I'd love for you to take a look. We're also on Twitter, so follow us there at PRVT Island. For a quick link to all of our socials, including our Facebook group, merch store youtube and patreon there's links available in the episode description so take a look we will be recording our season three wrap-up episode this friday january 24th so if you have any questions or stories for us that you'd like us to answer or share for the podcast please get them in you can send them to us on any of our social media accounts or through email that's at presents at gmail.com we've already gotten some awesome questions and stories but we would always love some more If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Podcast Addict, or whatever app you're listening through. You can leave us a review if you'd like, and be sure to tell somebody about the show. Word of mouth is the best, and everyone wins with Are You Afraid of the Dark. I'd like to take a moment to thank the benevolent badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Navi Customizer, from Mega Man Battle Network 6, composed by Yoshina Aoki. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the art. Now I'm gonna play the promo to one of my personal favorite podcasts, that's Three Spooked Girls. This podcast has two episodes a week and covers topics from Charles Manson to zombies, the Golden State Killer to fairies. So take a listen. Hey guys, my name is Tara. And my name is Jessica. And together we co-host the podcast Three Spooked Girls. If you love the paranormal, Or murder. Join us every Monday as we tell our listeners about a new spooky tale or true crime case. We'll have a special drink recipe each episode picked out by me for you to enjoy while we scare the hell out of you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify,
1: Stitcher, or wherever
0: the hell else you listen to podcasts. Come hang out with us and get your spooky on. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to our show. I'll talk to you guys in a week. Bye, everybody. We switch scenes to another scene, and Johnny's in his back room again. He's checking his hair, his clothes, and he's looking fresh, and he looks at the clock and tells us it's 11.55. So he moves to the main room of the bowling alley, and we see this lady... She's cleaning behind the counter, there's another guy who looks like some sort of fry cook, and there's two other people sitting at the bar, and they all look very old-fashioned.
1: Yeah, it's a bit weird.
0: It's Yeah, it is. Like, the fry cook and the waitress look like they're from the 50s, and the old couple look like they're from the 20s.
1: Yeah, it's like the exact same grouping as the people in the tale of the Whispering Walls.
0: Yep, I agree doesn't really make that much sense to me. Like, I get what they're going for, I think, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, you see these people and you know they're ghosts.
0: Exactly, like yeah. So, Johnny asks what the lady behind the counter is doing because this place should be closed. And the lady tells Johnny, ha, closed? Never. Let's just say, with a night shift. We look at the other two patrons that aren't behind the counter. They look at Johnny, it's very awkward. He looks over at, like, a neon-looking clock telling him it's midnight. And this whole thing has just a very, like, 50s vibe. Suddenly, from behind the bar, pops that lady, the waitress, and she hands Johnny some food, saying,
1: Hot apple pie a la mode with a two-cola chaser.
0: And Johnny's like, this is my favorite. How did you know? What the fuck? <laughs> apple pie with a two-cola chaser. His favorite. Well, the lady... She, he gives her, like, a a sexy eyebrow raise... Saying, we know. We know. <laughs> uh-huh. And we cut to the other two people, and they look at him awkwardly again. Johnny starts stirring his tucola chesa, and we look at the clock, which now says 12.30. The two other patrons, they start dancing together, and then we look at Johnny, who's eating the last crumbs of his apple pie, and he gets all anxious, he looks at the time. He slams down some money on the table, and the lady asks, what's his hurry? And we cut back to the clock that tells us it's midnight again. And then Donna steps out saying, Johnny? It's me, Donna, Johnny. Donnie? I mean... (laughs) Johnny, it's (laughs) Don-me. I looked up this girl. She's not even really worth saying because she's only been in like two things, but...
1: Yeah, she's barely a person.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if you haven't been in things like moi...
1: I have been in one movie.
0: Oh, whatever. (laughs) I I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, what was it? Year one?
1: I was on a movie set, so I'm a
0: star. Did you get paid a dollar for that, or am I just imagining something?
1: No, I got a hundred dollars for the one day I was there.
0: Really? You got a hundred bucks for that?
1: Yeah. That's awesome. I should have kept going.
0: Now, this is year one, right? Yes, the
1: year one starring Jack Black and Michael Sarah.
0: Were you actually in any scene that made it to the movie? Yes. Oh, okay. That's dope. Brandon, the movie star. He's probably in the credits and everything.
1: Oh, yeah. Face in the crowd, number 852.
0: One time I was in a commercial, or maybe it was the news. I can't remember. I was in fifth grade. But I buckled my seatbelt, or I told them I buckled my seatbelt. And I signed something that said I would always buckle my seatbelt when I got in a car. Wow. You've I know. signed? I signed something. But you were
1: you were a minor, so I don't think that that would hold up in court.
0: Um,
1: So feel free. Feel free to unbuckle.
0: <laughs> well, in a boring dystopia, I'd get pulled over by the police officer and they'd be like, Cortland, you said you were going to sign- says here- have your
1: seatbelt on. That you signed.
0: Does this paperwork look familiar?
1: (laughs) Is that your signature, uh... sir? Alright, step out of the car, please.
0: (laughs) Johnny swivels to look at Donna, and she apologizes for being late. He gets up and he says, Ugh, I thought you weren't going to show. And Donna tells him that she would never stand him up. I can't, you're wearing my ring. (laughs) Johnny lifts up his hand and he says, this is yours? How did you? But it gets cut off as Donna asks him to dance. So they do, as we see this waitress lady. She's smiling. She's chewing her gum. And we watch the two kids dance for a little bit. And Johnny asks who she is. And Donna says, you must know, you're wearing my ring. And he tells her that he found also, it.
1: Also, I've said my name like 50 times.
0: Yeah. Does he know that her last name is My- Maitland? Oh, yeah, yeah. She signed it. <laughs> he knows exactly who she is. Yes.
1: Her address? Not fault. Her social security number?
0: <laughs> He's the one that didn't go to the school's library like any other Are You Afraid That Our Character would. Mm-hmm. Donna shushes him, saying, it's almost time to go, and I want Shh, you to come with me. Shut up. Shut up, Johnny. <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. I'm Donna. Johnny asks... <laughs> Johnny asks why you just got here and Donna tells him it's almost time and we cut over to the waitress girl who's just vigorously wiping the bar and she says you better hurry and the fire cook looking guy looks around and then we check out the clock and now it's 12 30 again and Donna complains that it's too late and she runs from Johnny who doesn't understand what the fuck's going on Donna tells him that she'll wait for him but he's like wait for what and then he runs after her for a second, knocks over a table that shatters some shit on the ground, and we look over, and we see that everybody's gone. I think they're trying to think it's like a dream, considering the title's the dream girl? I don't know. Nah. We cut to inside Johnny's house, and he's getting, he's getting inside of that house. He's yelling for Erica. She's in the kitchen with some tea or something, which is kind of weird, considering it's like 1 o'clock in the morning right now. What the fuck is she doing up?
1: She's waiting for Johnny.
0: Well... Given the circumstances, I guess that does make sense. Yeah. He finds her. He says, oh, man, you're not going to believe this shit. She was there. Donna met me. But Erica's like, wait, before you say anything, was this the girl? And she pulls up an obituary for Donna Maitland, which I did stop and read. Like, I, I she pulls it up, and you can read it, and I read it, but I'm not going to write it all out here because it was a lot. Erica reveals that Donna died in a car accident, and... And Johnny looks stupefied as Erica tells him that she was driving with her boyfriend and the car stalled on some train tracks. They both got out, but Donna forgot her ring. The school ring her boyfriend just gave her. So she went back to get it, and, her, and the train came. And Johnny's sitting there like finger in the ring. And he's like, the ring? She told me I had her ring. And then Johnny starts freaking out saying, she was there. She talked to me. She's a ghost. And she said she wanted me to go with her. And Erica... Whips her head to look at Johnny as he says that and she looks pretty shooken up. And Johnny concludes that it's all because of this ring he's got on his finger. I what like a the dumbass.
1: <laughs> Why would she go back for her br- ring?
0: Man, that ring was so ugly too. So if you read I'm gonna spoil the episode now. Johnny's dead. He's a ghost. If you yeah. read that obituary, it tells you that Johnny died in the car and the train crash too. In her Yeah. Her part? Yep. It says Johnny Aguilar, or whatever the fuck his name is. It says that he died, okay. too.
1: Well, you'd think that he would be interested enough to find <laughs> out that this girl's dead, that he would take the paper and read it.
0: Yeah. You would but think he just that. is
1: like, oh, okay, so she's dead. He's just
0: like, oh, it's this fucking ring.
1: But, um, yeah, that's weird.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's all right in front of you. All the people ignoring Johnny... This obituary that literally says, I mean, obviously you don't have enough time to read it because it only flashes on the screen for a couple of seconds, but it does say that Johnny died in the car accident too, on her section of the obituary. It's all right there in front of you. It's
1: a good thing that he didn't take it and read it because Erica puts a lot of time into making sure that she reveals just tiny little snippets of this one article over the course of the entire episode.
0: It's really weird. While we switch scenes, Johnny's got this cup of grease and he's lubing up his finger to try and slip the ring off, but it still won't come off. He asks himself why it won't budge, and he cleans up his hands, he puts his crap in his locker, he closes it, and then boom, Donna's behind it. And Johnny yelps, and she tells him not to run away from her. She wants him to come with her. Johnny tells Donna to take her stupid ring back because he doesn't want it. And Donna tells him, don't you understand? It's you that I want. You must know that by now. Johnny stutters out of just just leave me alone. And Donna takes a step towards him, and saying, It's time now, Johnny. He screams, No and Erica pops up from another <laughs> room, asking him if he's okay. And of course Donna is gone. And Johnny looks around as Erica asks if he's okay again. And Johnny asks Erica if she saw her. And Erica asks who? And then the scene just changes. So now we're back home with the brother and sister. Johnny's pacing around and Erica asks him to relax. Johnny's like, you try to relax when a ghost is after you. She then asks if he's sure if it's the ring that's making this happen. And he asks, what do you mean? And then the phone rings. (laughs) Erica picks it up as some spooky music plays. And she looks at Johnny and says, it's for you. And she hands him the phone saying, it's Donna.
1: (laughs) I don't know why, but I expected this to all be like a joke. Like... She would be like, it's Donna, and then gave it to him, and it's like one of her friends, and she's like, (laughs) on the phone, and then he's like, ah, good one. Nope. Even though I knew that wouldn't happen, because it's not the kind of relationship they have. Yeah. But I thought for a second that it was building tension to be like, I guess I was just hoping that that's what would happen.
0: Nope, it's, that's nope, that's not it at all.
1: (laughs) Nope, it's just sincerely a ghost.
0: Johnny grabs the phone and he says look this is all some kind of joke and I'm not buying it anymore you understand this isn't funny so just leave me alone and Donna tells him sorry she won't bother him again the ring falls off of Johnny's finger and Erica sighs saying you still think this is all a joke and Johnny says I don't know he sets the phone down and says maybe all she wants is a ring back maybe I should give it to her and Erica asks how he's going to do that since he just told her to leave him alone Johnny says, I'll have to go find her. If she's really a ghost, I can think of a pretty good place to start. And then we switch over to a graveyard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the fakest looking graveyard set that we've seen. We've had some pretty good graveyards in this show. Yeah. This one is trash.
0: I agree with you. But it does have some spooky music into it, and I kind of love it.
1: (laughs) I don't remember the music, I just remember the cardboard and styrofoam graves.
0: Okay, well we see Johnny walk down the path, and there's just a bunch of old tombstones and shit, and there's one, Brandon, did you see the name on this shit?
1: (sighs) Is it Ron Oil again? It's goddamn Ron Oil. He's just dying all over over the place?
0: (laughs) He is so, he's in so many cemeteries, it's fucking Ron Oil.
1: (laughs) Ron Oil, just pick a place and die already, okay? Yeah, Ron
0: Oliver, (laughs) we know it's you. But yeah, it's just like an old man Corcoran, probably like in a fucking dream machine, and who knows? It could be all the way back in from prom queen. We don't know.
1: Yeah, I wasn't paying enough attention.
0: It didn't. The stupid name didn't strike me until until old man Corcoran. Corcoran. I think I said that. Yeah, I said it right.
1: Cor- Corcoran. Yeah. Cor- Corcoran. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He steps around and then he falls over because he gets scared by Erica's lantern. And he asks her if she found anything. And she didn't. And Johnny hasn't either. And we look down at a tombstone on the ground. It's covered in leaves. And Johnny brushes some of the leaves aside. And it's fucking Donna's gravestone. Johnny says, look at this. Donna Maitland. This is it. This is her grave. And Erica asks if he's sure. And Johnny's like, well, yeah, look at it. How many other Donna Maitlands could there be? And Erica says, well, yeah, I guess. But how did you know it would be right there? And Johnny starts saying, I didn't, I, I just, but Erica cuts in, saying, happened to wander away from me and get lost and trip right over it. And the two siblings look at each other for a few seconds, and Johnny asks what she's talking about. And Erica gets down next to him. She sighs, and she says, you knew exactly where she was buried, Johnny. What do you think that is? And Johnny says, he doesn't know. I don't know what you're talking about. And Erica hey, says, get
1: off his ass, Erica.
0: For real? <laughs> you're being very accusatory erica it's not befitting of your, of your character and erica says maybe you've been here before did you ever think of that johnny starts getting uh, upset at this point he's like yeah. he's, he's saying why would i be here it's a fucking cemetery
1: it's, it's, it's fake <laughs> why would i go to a fake cemetery erica right, i'm erica. not coming to see ron oil <laughs>
0: Now Erica starts getting upset, and she says, Why don't you tell me, Johnny? You remember what happened. The car stalled on the tracks, right? And we see Johnny, he looks at Donna's grave and saying, No. As Erica continues, Donna got out of the car, but she forgot her ring. Her school ring. She went running back for it. And Johnny has some more PTSD, and we hear Donna scream, and Johnny yells, Donna! I said that, I said that like Donna. <laughs> And then he falls down and he's like, no, (laughs) Erica moves back over to him and asks him what happened next. Johnny says, I turned back. I tried to push her out of the way, but it was too late. And he reaches down and he brushes the rest of the leaves off the tombstone. And it has John and Jelly's name on it too. And then it also says together eternally. Johnny's like, it's me, isn't it? And Erica says, I'm afraid so. Pulls out the obituary article from before, and she shows, Johnny, she shows Johnny the other half that was folded over, and it's got his picture on it, too, revealing that they were both killed in the train crash. Even though, like I said before, this the original the page third, that she showed has Johnny's name in it that he died to.
1: The third part of the article. She shows it to him once, mm-hmm. and then unfolds it a little bit to show the headline, and now unfolds it <laughs> another time to show his part of the obituary. She's got this fucking article, like, origami so that she can pull little strips of it off to show him a tiny little bit more of the story at a time.
0: Do you think that this is, like, kind of (laughs) mean at this point?
1: In what way?
0: Why didn't, like, he says this too, but, like, why didn't she just tell him in the first place?
1: Because she just wants her brother, and she just wants it to be like nothing happened.
0: Yeah, I suppose. Johnny looks at the picture for a minute, and he says... So that means that, and then the two have like a moment where, before Johnny gets up, demanding to know why she didn't tell him in the first place. And Erica gets up saying, because you didn't remember. You just came back from the accident as if nothing had happened. Johnny, I was the only one who could see you, and for some really weird reason, you didn't remember the accident. You didn't even know you were, and Johnny finishes, dead. Johnny says, well, no wonder Mom's so bummed all the time. And Erica laughs and she says, don't make jokes. And Johnny asks what he's supposed to do. And Erica tells him, now that you know everything, it's going to be okay. We can still be a family and go on living and everything will be fine.
1: <laughs> go on living. Too yeah. soon, Erica. For real? <laughs> but I got to say, her thing about like just going on and having a time with family and friends or whatever, that's what I've been saying all the time with these ghosts. Yeah. Cuz they can interact with living people and they can watch TV and go to work. So like what does being dead even matter at that point? Well, like you are you are your consciousness in your brain. You're not your meat sack of a body. Yeah. So if he if his consciousness is still there, then for all intents and purposes, he's alive.
0: Like when he bowled at the beginning, was that just like an invisible thing lifting up the ball and throwing it down the alley? Did that not happen at all? When the manager guy's like, oh, everything's going super great here. Everything's fixing it itself. Like, I'm
1: glad your brother's dead. Now I ain't got to pay no one.
0: <laughs> Does that mean that he is actually fixing things? Or is it just a coincidence?
1: No, I think he's fixing things. He's working and not getting paid. Okay. I don't know why Johnny doesn't notice that he's not getting paid.
0: Yeah, right. What a weird world they live in where ghosts are real and they can just alter things and not get paid for their services.
1: I also find it odd that their mother wouldn't mention Johnny being dead even once around him. Like, to Erica. Like, yeah. hey, it it's sucks true. that Johnny died. And Johnny would be like, what the fuck? Just eating his Cheerios? <laughs> <laughs> What's this about Johnny dying? <laughs>
0: Or, you know, have him, like, watch her just cry. It's only been, like, four months, allegedly, so... hmm Just being in these bouts of despair that her son died. Because he seems like a pretty good kid, too, you know? Not that, like, yeah, a bad be kid like, dying would...
1: Mom, I heard you last night screaming, Why, Johnny, why? And I just... I don't... Like, I know my last report card wasn't great or nothing, but but come on i promise i'll go to bed on time today
0: (laughs) i'll stop sleeping in front of the static tv (laughs) (laughs) so anyway (laughs) behind the kids walks donna who calls out to johnny and she asks him erica asks if that's her I don't know what the fuck happened. Somebody asks if that's him or whatever. And she walks up to the kids who are just staring at her and she says, You come back to me? And Johnny looks over at Erica and says, I don't think I can stay And Erica says, I know. You and Donna belong together. And Donna tells Johnny it's time. And Erica tells her to go after her because he doesn't want to lose her again. And Johnny tells Erica that he's really gonna miss her. You're my favorite sister And she laughs, saying, You're my I'm your only sister and the brother and sister they hug. Erica says goodbye and that she loves him and Johnny loves her too. Erica cries some more. I mean I say this like it's a really Erica cries scene. some more but it's super sweet, yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is it's really emotional. amazing for I mean just a kids show. It was great. Really well acted and just very emotional beautiful scene. Um
1: yeah. Well done. <laughs>
0: Johnny steps back to look at her and then looks over at Donna, who nods, and he hands Erica the ring. He gives her a smooch on the cheek, and he walks over to Donna. Some beautiful, jazzy music starts playing as Johnny smooches <sighs> Donna.
1: Steamy music.
0: So good, yeah. He smooches Donna on the lips. Uh, yeah. He walks with her to like this glowing light as Erica is left behind. She watches on. And we get Sam's voiceover saying, Erica was always going to miss Johnny. But it made her feel better to know that she was happy at last with the girl of his dreams. And we cut back to the campfire and Sam says, the end. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good episode.
1: It was good. And I knew something was going on, but I didn't really, I didn't predict it in the way that I did Prom Queen. Even though it's
0: very similar,
1: (laughs) I think it really nailed the whole thing, the setup and the reveal a lot better.
0: It was really good. I mean, unfortunately, this is one of the episodes that I didn't remember watching growing up. I'm pretty sure I'd seen it before, but I didn't remember it. But unfortunately, when I go to Twitter and I reach out to people that have watched episodes, they talk about how this episode is so similar to the sixth sense. And so I knew what was going to happen because I've seen the sixth sense. So it got spoiled for me. Um, I think I probably would have picked up on it now as an adult, what they were going for with the people ignoring him and stuff like that, because I have seen The Sixth Sense or, and I've thought about, you know, stories that are like this.
1: Yeah. I can't remember what now that I thought was going to be the twist, but the whole scene with him being ignored by his boss and those girls, like I knew something was happening then, but I didn't. Maybe I was overthinking it, because I thought maybe he was starting to, like, disappear from existence. Oh. Kind of like, I don't know, like, Erica wouldn't be able to see him, and then he's like, Oh, hey, I'm a person, I'm here, but nobody could see him. Yeah, I was oh. overthinking it a bit.
0: I can, I see what you're talking about. I mean, it, it's hard to say, too, because, like I said, his, his mechanicing stuff goes on, so he's still fixing shit. He's still bowling like a real person. The only... Like, evidence you have that he's a ghost is people are ignoring him except for erica yeah um i do like the scene with the mom where she's got all the letters and stuff and then she runs up the fucking stairs i think what happened is that she did see the letter addressed to johnny from donna and it freaked her the fuck out so she dropped that shit and ran up the stairs to go like ball her eyes out or something
1: yeah it just made it all fresh in her mind again yeah like was that that letter was sent by Ghost Donna.
0: I guess so, <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so Donna can, like, write letters and shit, too.
0: Yeah, and mail so them. So it seems
1: It seems She can lick like, a stamp. It seems... <laughs> it seems like Don... Like, Johnny could have just continued, quote-unquote, living on Earth if he just, like, ignored Donna. Because, like, the ring fell off and Donna was like, alright, I'll leave you alone. Yeah. So, it seems like he could have just chose to work for free and live in the house and watch TV
0: yeah he could just essentially haunt Erica for the the remainder of eternity
1: yeah but like nicely haunt yeah okay so why couldn't Donna do the same thing why was she so compelled to go to the other side couldn't Hmm. she just hang out with her family and you know whatever Donna does write letters I guess
0: maybe she doesn't like apple pie a la mode with a two cola chaser I don't know I mean, who would? Maybe she just doesn't feel satisfied with being a ghost. She probably didn't have anybody that could see her, too. I mean, unless Erica can see all ghosts, but I doubt that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess that could get a little lonely. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. It turns out I don't know about the afterlife.
0: Well. Sorry, I don't have all the answers, Cortland. uh, That's unfortunate. I got questions. So back at the Midnight Society, Gary says, good one, Sam. And Kiki nods as Tucker says, cool, you're a ghost and you don't know it. And Kiki then says, yeah, you're a runt and you don't even know it. And Tucker screams out, (laughs) I'll show you who's a runt. And the two kids get up and they run away. They go down the path. The other kids get up as Gary dumps the water on the fire, declaring the meeting of the Midnight Society closed. He catches up to Sam and they walk down the path. And that's the end of the episode. Hmm, what do you think the moral of the story is? Because I'm going to probably go with don't trust ghosts. I mean, every
1: episode that involves ghosts, that's the moral.
0: (laughs) Ghosts aren't good. They try to put rings on you that you can't get off, like some sort of Chinese torture device.
1: Even, like, ghosts that are nice don't trust them.
0: No. Donna wants to break up. She was jealous of that brother-sister relationship. She's like, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, not on my watch.
1: Yes, come die, please.
0: <laughs> the newspaper article did say, like, that they had been together since they were little, and they were had been inseparable for, like, the last six years or something. You know what we didn't talk about, though, that I just remembered? Why were what? they buried together?
1: <laughs> yeah, I had the same thought.
0: Like, are they just stacked up on top
1: of each other? <laughs> I guess. The family's just like, ah, I don't know, the train smashed them together, so just... <laughs>
0: They scraped a little Donna here, <laughs> a little Ricky over there, or I mean a little Johnny. Uh, that's gross. Do you think they were in the same, ca- like, casket then, or do you really think that they were just, like, stacked up vertically? <laughs> <laughs>
1: vertically?
0: Like, like, I mean, <laughs> Johnny's on bottom with Donna on top, I don't know. It's really weird, and that would not happen. I don't think both families could just be like, let's have a double funeral.
1: Yeah. Save money.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Buy one, get one free. (laughs) Really weird. Real weird. Moral of the story, don't stack two kids together in one grave. (laughs) That's weird. If
1: you get in a car accident, and you get out of the car, and there's a train coming, just don't, don't go back.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Stupid for nothing for like your just for a just dumbass
1: it. ring. Like I don't care if it has sentimental value or not. You can yeah. get a new shitty ring.
0: L- living is a little bit more sentimental value than some shit ring. I like the part where where Johnny was like, I tried to push her in front of the train. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So the tale of the tale of the dream girl. It was pretty well named, I think. I think that it evoked um just confusion on the twist right from the start but i don't think that they really i don't think it was as effective as they wanted i think we can come up with a better name than dream girl all right the tale of the lonely ghost <laughs> the tale
1: of the prom king Ooh,
0: yes uh the tale of pump or apple pie a la mode with the too cool to chase a.
1: rolls right off the tongue i know <laughs> the tale of the unpaid worker <laughs>
0: The tale of ghosts just haunt this bowling alley?
1: <laughs> we gotta talk about that. Um, so, Why who the fuck there? are all these ghosts? <laughs> are no, there people no. that died in the bowling alley? People are. Is the bowling alley just a hangout for ghosts? Like, they're like, oh, come here, it's got good apple pie? Or is it people who... <laughs> bowled there a lot, but died elsewhere? Because he died on fucking train tracks. Like, he didn't die in the bowling alley.
0: I don't feel like that they would have bowling alley like that in the 20s where those people were from, though.
1: I don't. I couldn't tell you, but I don't understand Maybe why they're all there. Here's
0: what happened. Donna went to the afterlife for a second, and she made some friends, and she's like, Hey, you guys want to help me get my boyfriend over here? And they were like, Yeah. She's like, Okay, well, her, his favorite food is apple pie a la mode with the two cola chasers. so you're gonna be the waitress gum chewing girl and you patrons show him that you can dance while you're dead so that i can get him to dance with me and fry cook guy um you just be there and she got all these ghosts together to have this ghost party to try and get him onto the other side okay that's
1: why that happened. works that works
0: yeah what other, what other names could we do here? Um,
1: the Tale of How to Lose a Ghost in Ten Days.
0: It's a good one. I want to say something about sitting on your sister's head, but I can't think of anything. <laughs> that was my favorite part. The, the Tale of the Twist Ending, I don't know.
1: <laughs> that, that would be a great name for an episode. <laughs> that would be a great name for an episode that doesn't have a twist.
0: <laughs> the Tale of the sixth Sense.
1: Alright, yep.
0: So, Brandon, are you ready to hear what the next episode's going to be? Yes. What is it? What is it? Well, first of all, it's season three, episode 11. We are on the cusp of being done with season three. This next episode is called The Tale of the Quicksilver. Who do you think is going to tell this one?
1: I think this is uh Frank.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Frank hasn't even told a story yet this season. We're getting yeah, down to the nitty he really gritty.
1: Isn't earning his Midnight Society membership.
0: No. He's being the Eric of this season.
1: All right. Bye bye, Frank.
0: <laughs> what do you think that the tale of the Quicksilver is going to be about?
1: I think the tale of the Quicksilver is. <sighs> I really have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I really have no idea.
0: Well, I mean. I really remember this episode, and you would never guess what it is based on the title anyway, (laughs) so that's okay.
1: All right, now I'm going to guess something out of spite. Uh, Okay. This episode is about a kid named Alexander Sinclair, and he has to go house sit when a family goes away. Sure. And he goes into the house... And while they're gone, he finds a little hidden spot under the stairs, and he goes down there. And then the family comes back home, mm-hmm. and they trap him down there, and they eat him. Tale of the Quicksilver.
0: <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say that he finds a typewriter and <laughs>
1: under the stairs. No, not at all.
0: That almost reminds me of the movie... The People Under the Stairs. Do you remember when we watched that? Yes, I do. I don't remember anything about that movie except for the part where the girl is like, Kaka! And also, I think there was a gimp suit. Couldn't tell you. Okay. Maybe someday we'll watch that again. Maybe.
1: All right. It's another episode of the podcast. <laughs> All right.
0: Oh. I don't know, Brandon, but I don't want to think about People Under the Stairs because I'm about to go to bed. I am sleeping. I'm sorry. I'm sleepy. I'm going to bed. All right, I've been up all night long. I actually didn't sleep that well last night, so I kind of have been. But I'm going to sleep. All right. <sighs> Good night, Brandon. I'll see you. Good night. I'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Erica, please.